They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair, it satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played, golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you again and welcome into the show officially. Great to have you alongside Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. Good to be with you at Real Golf is where you can find us on X. Search for Real Golf Radio where your favorite podcasts are found. We got a show for you today. Troy Merritt had a chance to catch up with him following his second round. He was just chilling in the hotel, watching uh, the golf tournament, flipping it over and watching a little high school basketball back in his home state of Idaho, Idaho which, um, yeah, obviously is near and dear to my heart. But we won't get caught up on that. <laughs> Jeff Rude also, we... Uh, Found him out there in Florida in between rounds of golf and wanted to get his take on some of the things that have been going on lately. So you hear from Jeff Rude coming up. And America's favorite caddy. He'll break down a little bit more on PGA National, the bear trap, what makes it so challenging and so forth. So uh, we got some good stuff for you. Plus, you know, I cannot wait, Bob, to to kind of bounce some stuff off uh, of you in a couple of minutes here Mm -hmm. about the ramp up that we have seen with the live players just whining about world golf rankings, suggesting asterisks should be applied for major championship wins and so on and so forth. Ian Poulter now doesn't even want to be part of the Ryder cup. His feelings are hurt so bad. So you know what? We could roll the tape back from two and a half years ago when I said, these guys are going to take the money, but what about the stage? What about the thrill of being relevant, of being on the biggest stage in golf which is the PGA Tour. I don't care how much they want to chirp about louder this and that. The stage is the PGA Tour. The media contracts are all in place. The fans are all locked in. That's where it's played. And you know what? You have to know if you're going to a startup that it is going to take some time. Congratulations on dumping ridiculous amounts of money and courting some of the best players to your tour doesn't change the fact that you're a startup people don't know where to get you the media contracts aren't in place on and on and on and so no surprise that suddenly these guys are starting to have a little FOMO from what uh what as they continue to drop down the world ranking list and become somewhat irrelevant in so many different ways so obviously you know my feelings on that bob i want to get your take on that coming up next we'll do that we'll hear from some of the live players some of their comments rory responds to the, the taylor gooch comments we'll play that for you as well as we get started here on real golf radio now back to real golf radio with brian taylor and bob casper and this segment is brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the new Chrome Tour, Chrome Tour X golf balls. Check them out at CallawayGolf.com, the new gold standard in golf. Callaway Chrome Tour and Chrome Tour X. And I'll tell you what, I have a chance to, to play that golf ball, and mm-hmm. it performs really well. Uh, if you haven't given it a shot, it might be worth just giving it a try. See what you think. Yeah. Find out more at CallawayGolf.com. Uh, we can talk about some Callaway irons and some of the changes I'm making to my bag, but we'll do that coming down the road because I still got to get them all built up. But yep. I decided to go full bag of Apex Pros, Bob. Mm, new ones, new Apex Pros. Well, I've been playing the Pros for six years now, right? The yeah. 19s, the 22s, and uh, now it's you know time to, to or 21s, was it? I can't mm-hmm. remember whatever it is. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, maybe there was the 21s, and now it's the 24s. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm doing two things. Maybe this shows my seniorness, Bob, but <laughs> I'm adding the A wedge in the set. Okay. I haven't had an A wedge in a set, I don't know, maybe since I was a kid. I always figured mm-hmm. I would just put a 50-degree wedge in the right. bag. But when I thought about how I utilize my 50, it's almost always a fairway shot, approach shot into the green. Right. And sometimes I spin that. So the, the wedge part of it, if you get like the jaws, it spins a little bit more, right? Obviously, that's what they're supposed to do. And so I, I just kind of thought, you know, what the heck? Let's go with an A wedge. It's a 50. Yeah. It's going to be filled more like an iron shot that I'm used to hitting in there, whether it was a pitching wedge or not. And then there we go. We'll cool. see what goes. And then I'm going to try out a UT for a four iron, four iron UT. So I'm going to throw that in there too. So going away from a hybrid to a UT, we'll see how it goes. There you go. Anyway, okay. hey, let's get into uh, the topic of the day, uh, and I'm ready to to chat about this. We you hit it, you heard it in the open. I think this is rich. I think it's absolutely rich to listen to these players over on Live, basically whining at this stage, saying we were promised we would get world ranking points, and we're not getting them, and on and on and on. Right, the the whole system needs to change because we're not being included. Even though right. we said we don't need the PGA Tour, we don't want the PGA Tour. We're going to go over here where we can play fewer events. We can make more money, guaranteed. We can spend more time with our families, and we can grow the game. And now all they want to do is play more, play more, be back on the PGA Tour and the major championships that go along with it and be in that world golf ranking that was set up to try to measure the best players in the world, not just the PGA Tour, but in the entire world. And they developed a system in which they thought would be the most fair. And we've tweaked it. We've seen it tweaked over the years. And now, essentially, that system, of which they want to be a part of, needs to be either changed or thrown out all together, suggesting some, suggesting it's completely irrelevant at this point in time because this little band of break breakaway band of brothers over here decided that they do not want, or it's not, they're not being included. So the whole system right. needs to get blown up. It's rich. I just absolutely cracks me up that everything was greener on the other side. Well, let me tell you what's greener. The money, there's more green in your pocket, but I'm not sure everything else is, is as green as you thought it was uh, on the other side of the fence. Well, and as far as the world ranking points are concerned, um, it's interesting how they want golf and professional golf and the world rankings to adjust to them, not them adjust to what the standard is or what has been set forth. So yeah, you know, the guy, the guys are, are thinking that, you know, that they're not being included, that golf isn't relevant without them and they are losing relevancy. Exactly. Um, Guys like Taylor Gooch and Bryson and, um, you know, Dustin Johnson and, and those types of thing, those types of guys that are playing for live, but you know, a guy like Brooks Kepka, he goes out, puts his, puts his clubs to work, wins the PGA championship last year. He is relevant and he will stay relevant. John Rahm will stay relevant. Cameron Smith will stay relevant. All the guys that are past champions at, at the masters will stay relevant. Um, but the guys that didn't have that opportunity um, and went and decided to take the money without fully understanding the, the consequences. Yeah. yeah. 
and the parachute of keeping them relevant in the major championships, those are the guys that are whining and saying, guess what? Something needs to change because I can't play the majors anymore. Bryson DeChambeau on Jerry Fultz podcast, I think it's Fairway to Heaven, had this to say. We and knew that. Everyone on our side knew that going into this. That is exa- exactly talk what about we're going to do. That was their, that was their uh, leverage point. That's the right. leverage they had. It's the, it's the majors. It's those associations that have the leverage and they want golf to be a certain way. And you know what? Ultimately, they don't decide. It's the players right. that ultimately decide. Because if we all mm-hmm. stopped playing, we all said, nah, we're good. We don't need to play. What do you think would happen? Then? Yeah, there's that grow in the game mentality, huh? Yep. That's that's the yep. let's let's do it for everybody. Else. Oh wait, no. Nope. Wait a second. What about us? Well, yeah. you know, let me tell you what. If those 54 players decided they were done playing, yeah, the Masters would still be amazing. It PGA would still be amazing, still and go. the Masters would still be the Masters. Yeah. I, w- I was telling you earlier, you know, early on years of the PGA Tour champions, you know, one of the guys that was a former champion at augusta said to the to the head of the chairman at that point in time he said he said you know what let's take let's let the the number one guy on the tour from the previous year of the champions tour play at augusta you know give him an invite to play at augusta and 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 the chairman said guess what everybody wants to play at augusta we have our criteria and we need to and and people need to do what they need to do to be able to fit our criteria and and that's why they continue to have their criteria and, and the extend invitations. And Joaquin Neiman earned himself an invitation. Uh, one yep. of the other things, and so yeah, I, I we could spend more time on Bryson. We'll do that on the back nine uh, coming up. We'll, we'll get the caddy's thoughts on it as well. But um, the other thing that came across, Taylor Gooch suggesting that there should be an asterisk if Rory were to go on and win the Masters and the Career Grand Slam. Rory <laughs> responded to that, and I was actually pretty impressed. I think Rory seems to be pretty much done with the drama. He all but diffused it with this response. Look, the Masters is an invitational, and, and they'll invite whoever they think, you know, warrants a, an invite. And, I mean, I, I think, you know, to be fair to Taylor, I think the if you look, if you read the entire like the question and then the answer, it's not as if he just came out with that. I feel like whoever did the interview sort of led him down that path to say that. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there a little bit. He basically just agreed with what the interviewer asked. Um, but at the same time, you know, Joaquin Neiman got an invite, and I played with Joaquin in Dubai a few weeks ago. And he went down to Australia and won. He was in Oman last week. You know, he's been chasing his tail around the world to try to get this, either play his way into Augusta or show enough form to to warrant an invite. And I don't know if the same can be said for Taylor. So, I mean, that was very diplomatic by Rory. It was. I mean... But he he was right because... Joaquin Neiman did what he needed to do to get in the Masters, where a guy like Taylor Gooch didn't even try to qualify for the U.S. Open, let alone the Open Championship last year, after he was not allowed into those. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. Um, And obviously, people were kind of laughing at Taylor Gooch suggesting Rory and Majors, a guy that's won one time on the PGA Tour, would have anything to say about Rory McIlroy and and his major championship wins, right? Um, Well, Rory continued in that pre-tournament press conference at the Cognizant this week there in Florida, and he was basically asked about uh, Chubby Chandler, his former manager. Here's how that conversation went. I'm wondering the last time you spoke to Chubby Chandler and what... (laughs) And what do you think motivated him to say what he said other than making headlines? 
I think he's writing a book. Um, so there's, there is that. Uh, I spoke to Chubby. I might have saw him in the Middle East, actually, at the start of the year. So you never know. You might know a few things. Who knows? <laughs> well, he started by saying there's a good chance you'd go to live, and then he's, at the end it was 10%. So is, is, is there a percentage that he's... Somewhere in the middle, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> and he's laughing all the way along, right? So I don't know what yep. to make of that. If it wasn't Rory, I would start to wonder if that guy that was responding that way wasn't considering a move to live. But that would shock me, given the kind of comments Rory's made over over the years about that. It would surprise me if he had that big of a change of heart. Well, interesting stuff. Okay, coming up, we're going to check in with Troy Merritt out of the Cognizant Championship at PGA National. Stay tuned. This is Real Golf Radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, and let's head out to Palm Beach Gardens and the Cognizant Classic at PGA National. Troy Merritt joining us right now. He's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. Troy, how's it going, man? Hey, doing all right. Uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, we just switched sponsors from the Honda to Cognizant, and they were flying a banner overhead behind an airplane uh, saying that you could rent a new Honda for two ninety nine a month. <laughs> kind of strange. <laughs> so the local dealer decided they weren't giving up just that easy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been hard this year. I mean, I don't play this one too often, but uh, to trade it in the, the Honda minivan for an Escalade this week is a little bit of an upgrade. Oh, oh really? That's quite say. a bit of an upgrade. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll let it slide this time, I guess. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's not yep. out driving it. She's driving the minivan. from the, That's the way I read that, huh, Troy? <laughs> yeah, she's she, she, she back at home being uh, the chauffeur for the boys. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's good. And you're watching a little hoops, huh? Yeah, it's uh, day two high school state tournament in uh, back in Idaho. Uh, a buddy of mine that coaches, my oldest son coaches the Eagle Mustangs. They, uh, they lost yesterday to Timberline. But they're up one at halftime against Lake City. And then the school that my boys go to, a smaller school, they won their first game yesterday. And three of the top four teams in the state are all in their conference, and all three of them won. So they got a big matchup today against a team that's beat them two out of three times already this year. So it should be a good one tonight. All right. There you go. Bringing back some memories. Um, That's where Troy and I first met was was back in those days. That was like 32 years ago, though. So it's been some time. Uh, since yeah, they don't have ball boys anymore. They can get stuck in the ball bags. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, all I can tell you is um, I'm qualifying. Uh, I'll be qualified age-wise for the senior tour next week. So um, if that makes you feel as old as I feel, uh, there you go. It's been it's been a while since we were all playing basketball. Yeah, you forget about how young and how far all the kids hit it out here. I don't feel young at all. No? No, they're, they all hit. They all got ball speeds 190 and club head speeds 125 and hit it 30 past me and yeah 38 old out here <laughs> hey but that's uh you know what though you have you've obviously been doing something right because you're still there at 38 which is saying something i just bribed the right people mm, okay there you go so tell us about the golf course this week you said you don't it's, play it much but tell us about that uh that one there at pj national yeah, it's, uh, it's one I typically take off. Not that I don't like it at all, but I like to play the six on the West Coast, and it was always the one right after that, so it was always a good reason to go back home. But 
Uh, this year, that's not the case. It's it's a really good challenge, and the the rough is down a little bit this year, and uh, they changed number ten from a four to a five. The stroke average is the same, but you know, one shot better on the leaderboard is nice. You know, the cut's always even or over par around here, but looks looking like it's going to be two under this week. And uh, it was it was quite windy this morning. We hit some some shots that uh, you just kind of hit, and you hope that it finds. Uh, land at some point, and uh, yeah, just this, this one you can't take any shots off. Uh, so it's, it's fun watching the boys battle from uh, the comfort of my hotel room. I just, I just wish the breeze was blowing as hard now as it was uh, all morning. So you're sitting there currently, um, kind of right on the cut line there at two under. Are you feeling pretty good about that one making it in? Yeah, feeling feeling pretty good. Uh, feeling a lot better now than when I uh, I finished. It was a uh, a tough finish. I hit an eight iron just like I wanted from 138. That flew about 132 and came up short on 17. Didn't get it up and down. And then played 18 smart. Hit a nice uh, tee shot down the middle. Laid up with a beautiful eight iron. Chipped a pitching wedge from 117 right at the flag that went 105 into the bunker and then made another mm. bogey. And yeah, walked off thinking, oh boy, I hope I didn't just blow one there after hitting shots like I wanted and making bogeys. But, uh, uh, it's playing tough enough. That it looks like 200 is going to be okay. Yeah, I'm looking at that 18th hole, and it does look like you played it pretty good. I mean, nice spot off the tee, nice safe right side of the fairway, and then leaving yourself on, on your second shot there with a good angle in. What what happens on those shots? You said you hit it 117, came 105. What Was it wind? What Was it just, just miss? What what happens there? No. Yeah, the wind wind whipping in at about mm, two thirty, two o'clock. So one seventeen, I'm chipping a pitching wedge that I normally hit about one forty two, one forty three, playing about a one thirty, one thirty two shot, coming down right on it, and it goes one hundred five. Just got hammered by the wind. It was probably blowing a good twenty twenty five at that time, gusting maybe a hair higher when we came through the bear trap. And uh, yeah, the wind just got me on seventeen and eighteen, and I'm not the Killed only it. one. Yeah. So the course, like you said, the the rough is down a little bit. Um, is is the course a little? Is it dry as far as the greens and those complexes are concerned, or is there still a lot of moisture in the greens to be able to hold shots? Uh, these ones, I always find it hard to get them to hold um, on the Bermuda. Uh, I it's usually just because they're so slick and they're so fast, and then they get so crusty that usually it's kind of a a uh, splat and release kind of uh, uh, golf course. Uh, this morning was it was even like that. This morning, nothing real soft, stopping real quick unless you're going into the wind, and you can't play every hole into the wind. But uh, you know, it's just just you really have to control your ball the best you can out here. Uh, hit as many fairways as greens as you can, and just uh, and just hold on to your hat when the wind is blowing really hard. Yeah, and back to that 18th. I mean, you're hitting that shot into the wind, but if you if the wind doesn't hit it, knowing you've got more club than normally, you know, there's 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 a little water on the other side of that one, right? From that angle. Yeah, water right on yeah, water right on the other side. And when you have enough club to hit the scoreboard out in the middle of the lake, <laughs> uh, it, it it really makes you think about what you're doing and you're taking so much off of a off of a club and you're just at the mercy of any kind of wind gust that comes across, and then I just caught one at the wrong time. So you'd rather catch uh-huh. the gust and, and come up short in the bunker than have it not hit it and watch it sail out into the lake, and everyone's looking at you like, what are you doing, huh? 
I'd rather the ball fly at the flag end up right next to the flag every time. There you go. See? I like that. I gave him a would you rather. I gave him two scenarios. He went with the one that you got to think about. Okay, I'm down well, with that. Yeah. The one that he was planning for. Yeah. Hey, I want to yeah. ask you I want to ask you a strategic question, Troy. You mentioned your wedges and how far you can hit it and that kind of thing. The internet was making a big deal about how Scotty, uh, I think TaylorMade maybe had put an ad out or something. And basically they were, Scotty was calling his distances before he even hit him and they went through the bag and he was pretty much right on with all of them. Um, is that as, as, as kind of unique as what it looks like for most of us amateurs that he's dialed in on those numbers? Or is that pretty standard for tour pros? That's the first part. And then the second part is, how how often are you trying to hit your full shot distance, especially with your scoring clubs like your wedges, or are you dialing those back? Do you typically go three quarters or back it off with with wedges into greens and things like that? Uh, well, 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 part one of your seven minute question. Um, <laughs> last week, good example. Even though Tyler uh, sent me two emails to make sure that I bring golf balls to Mexico, I left my golf balls in Boise. So all they had available were the 2023 uh, Pro Vs, and I play the 19, so it was a brand-new golf ball for me. Uh, so I did just a little bit of, of number testing to make sure that it was going as far as I wanted. I uh, hit an 8-iron uh, on the drive range that, uh, that day. It was into the wind. Normally hit my 8-iron, 172, into the wind. Uh, the pilot's rep asked me how far that one went. I said I probably went 155, and it went 155. He said, normally, how far would it go? I'd say 172. He said, it went 172.2, I think he said. And then he said, well, hit a six iron. So I hit a six iron into the wind. He said, how far did that go? I said, it looked like it went about 175. He said, yep, went 175. He said, how far does it usually go? I said, it usually goes 192, 193. He said, yep, it would have gone 192.6. So <laughs> the, tour, the tour guys have their numbers dialed down pretty much to the yardage through the bag. doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and like I said, this week, especially when control is such a premium, rarely are you hitting a shot a hundred percent with an iron. You're trying to control it as much as possible. And, you know, typically when you're playing into the wind, uh, right to left wind or left to right wind, especially any kind of hurt, you might take one extra club and really control that flight. And, uh, you're not obviously hitting it then a hundred percent, you know, you might be chipping shots at 75, 80% just to make sure you control the trajectory and the distance. And so our list, so our listeners understand when you're talking about numbers like that, you're talking about carry distance, not carry and roll distance, correct? Always, always carry distance. You always want to know how ball the far, how far the ball flies, and then you know based on you know conditions, you know green conditions, wind conditions. If you're playing from the fairway, the rough, then you can try to figure out how how far that ball is going to release, whether it's forwards or backwards. But you always want to know how far the ball will carry, and you want your land numbers to be spot on. Hey Troy, we appreciate you taking some time. So uh, you're playing this week. What's uh, what's on tap for you the next few weeks on your schedule? Uh, just going to continue to let it roll. I got Puerto Rico next week, and then I'll play in the Players in two weeks, and then I've got Valspar over in Tampa. I'm going to take Houston off, and then play uh, the Bolero in San Antonio. Uh, not in the Masters currently, and then we've got four in a row uh, right after the uh, right after the Masters. Uh, initially, I was going to play all eleven out of those twelve weeks, but my oldest son reminded me that uh, I'll be gone for a long time. I'll miss all of football season and spring break, so I'm going home 
uh, for spring break and watching some football and not going to go to Houston. I like it. There you go. Good job being a dad. Troy, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Wishing you the best of luck this weekend, and we'll catch up to you again real soon. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Go Hawk. There you go. All right. I like that. We didn't even talk about Caitlin either. So if we, did, if we had some more time, we probably would have done that. Two-time winner Troy Merritt joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Short break. More of the show next. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, thanks again for listening to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, and excited to welcome in our next guest. He's a good friend of ours that's been covering golf for a long time. I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, over 100 major championships and I think like 80 consecutive, something like that. Um, The guy's uh, invented a whole new segment in golf before twitter became vogue it was you know hate to be rude and now the whole platform apparently uh, took that mantra on but uh, this guy's not just rude he is uh jeff rude himself rude what's up buddy how are you well hey guys how are you i miss you guys i know uh, nice to hear your voices you know what uh we think about you a lot and we think you know what we need jeff rude ought to continue to have a voice in the game of golf because uh you've you've forgotten more than i'll ever know and so i think it's great that uh, you take a few minutes to come on with us it's a pleasure to have you well thanks thanks you know this is the 50th anniversary i've been around the tour a long time a few years ago i caddied on the tour as a summer job when i was in college for butch baird who uh was fabulous to me treating me like a son that's awesome it's really cool so yeah yeah was a good guy yeah, yeah, very, very good guy. And you're still playing golf there in Florida? Yeah, I still play three days a week, you know. And, and uh, you know, I figured something out the other day, so I can't wait to play tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I've only used those words, I figured something out probably, I don't know, two million times in yeah. my life. Yeah, that's the beauty of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying the Manuel De La Torre, Manuel De La Torre uh, method of swinging the golf club. And uh, yeah. uh, the other day at work, you know, take the club back with your hands and bring it down with your upper arms. And, uh, mm. um, you know, that's sort of out of the uh, Ernest Jones school as well. So um, anyway, it's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm eager. I moved up a tee box too. So I've gone from hating the game to loving the game again. So okay. that's my... <laughs> You know what? With uh, with excited to uh, get back out and play again because you think you figured something. My dad always used to say that's called golf comeback. I want <laughs> I want to get back on the golf course real quick. Golf comeback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I played golf with a guy who used to be an instructor at Kapalua. I played with a couple of years ago, and uh, he always kept his uh, right elbow tucked. He was a good player. He shot. You know, I think he shot under par. And I go, what, what, uh, what's the deal with you? Keep your right elbow uh, close to your side. He goes, yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I went to a Billy Casper camp, and Billy said the key is you got to keep your elbow tucked in. Hmm. So Still doing it. That. Yeah. 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 Sweet. It's awesome. Well, I, I'm officially a senior golfer next week, so I might be moving oh, up a wow. team, Rude. Wow. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> wow, that's a big one. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Um, big one, <laughs> but you don't get the senior discounts. Only that you're a senior golfer at fifty, but not the senior discounts. Oh, I've started well, to get those. You have? When does that uh, kick yeah. in? Like sixty five? You're not sixty five. Like sixty three to sixty five, oh, something okay. like that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get the senior discount at movie theaters or, or where? Oh, yeah. Sixty three. The follow up question: Does anybody go to movie theaters anymore? <laughs> 
It's been a while since I've been in a theater, but uh, oh man, that's awesome. All right, Ruth. So uh, look, this is the topic yeah. of the week. I I think it's yeah. rich uh, that we are hearing the live players that are just continuing to chirp about the uh, inequity or unfairness that uh, has befallen them because they mm-hmm. don't get world ranking points and they're tumbling down into irrelevancy in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, uh, not being otherwise qualified to play in majors, compete in majors, things like that. You know, all we heard was as they were slamming the door on their way out of the PGA Tour is that they were going to spend more time with their families, they were going to be able to mm-hmm. play less, and they were going to make more money. And so um, as soon as they get down there, and I, by, by the way, I can roll the tape back from two years ago when I said, you know, the day's going to come where they're not going to handle being out of the spotlight and they're going to want to come back in because uh, what they're leaving isn't as bad as they say it is. And I'm just, I'm just having too much fun listening to this. You know, apparently, even though that money's greener, the grass necessarily isn't on the other side. I'm just curious what your thoughts are when you start to hear you know, guys like Taylor Gooch that are saying that if Rory wins the Masters, that there might be an asterisk there somehow or any other major because all of the best players aren't in. And when you really look at it, basically what he was saying is that he wasn't in. It's just kind of, it's just sort of interesting some of the the commentary that's coming out uh, on both sides. And yet here we are trying to bring everybody back together somehow. I, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm just curious what your thoughts are in the current current state of professional golf. Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, one, um, the probably the umbrella thought I have is, you know, uh, I've, I've been around the tour for a half century, having caddied out there in 1974 as a summer job. My interest in in, uh, in professional golf has never been lower than it is right now. Mm. Um, so it it, it uh, and and I, I'm about as big of a of a, of a tour junkie as you could, you could find. I mean, you know, I covered it for over 30 years, went to, you know, over a hundred majors. I, I watch every minute of every major. And, um, so, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole thing has kind of turned me off. Okay. I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, now Taylor Gooch probably should have gotten in the masters last year. Right. Wasn't that the controversy? Yeah. He was good enough to get in. He didn't get in. You know, I think, you know, I mean, to say that he would, uh, uh, Rory would have an asterisk on the Grand Slam if he won without, no, 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 that's just silly. It's silly. Uh, but, but the point that he does make that I, I, I think, and I've said this before, I think maybe in your show, I think it's really important that the majors get real. They need to get real. They need to invite, they need to give more sponsors exemption because of this loophole of LIV, okay? You know, Dustin Johnson, well, you know, I mean, he won an open and a Masters, so he's, he's always going to go to the Masters. And, you know, there's a fair amount of Masters champions uh, in LIV that will, will always go. But uh, the, the majors need to give the top players exemption, um, regardless of what two of their playing. And I guess and, the and, Masters... And so they need to adjust. Yeah. yeah. And the Masters did that, right? With an invitation, Joaquin Neiman, for instance, yeah, earned that uh, spot. They did, right? yeah. I, I, I applaud Fred Ridley for doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he won. He won that event and played really well over um, a, a period of time, um, and winning on the Asian or the Australasian tour. And because of that, he merited that exemption. Um, but it's kind of interesting that 
you know, a league, Live Golf, um, decides to make a breakaway and uh, promise their guys that they're going to get world golf ranking points, and now they're not getting world golf ranking points, and they expect the PGA Tour and the world of golf and professional golf to move to them and them not move to um, what they need to do to get the world ranking points and being on all, all the majors. Was that promise put in on paper? Uh, it was, it, it's been commented by um, two or three players now that are playing with uh, the live golf league and said that that's what they were promised from the beginning. But whether that was contractual or not, Jeff, I, I don't know. I, don't I haven't, I haven't read that. Yeah, haven't well, read if, it's, if it's contractual, it's breach of contract. Right. So, uh, you know, um, my it, guess is it, it was Norman it, making it, some promises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, if they went to 72 holes, would they get world ranking points? Be closer. That's one of the boxes yep. that they want them to check. Right. Yeah, and um, have, have more opportunities come in and out of the league for people to qualify for the league. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the the the, uh, the other thing about LIV golf, and, and again, you know, um, it, you know, I don't uh, – uh, I don't object to guys uh, taking money. I mean, where else is Ted, no. uh, Pat Perez going to get $10 million? Or somebody told me that Perez last year averaged 74 and made $7 million. I mean, that's just, that's just cuckoo money. That's just, that's, you know, that's, that, there's no business model for it. It's just, you know, the Saudis with the bottomless pit of oil money uh, willing to, willing to pay that. And it's, you know, I mean, we've never seen anything like that. And, and so, um, but, you know, I don't, uh, you know, John Rahm obviously was the big one, Cam Smith before that, and, and uh, Kepka, although Kepka, you know, was was in a slump when he signed. Uh, you know, he had backed a little, little bit for rising back up. But um, it's one thing to take the, the money. It's another thing you got to play with nobody watching, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, where, where, you know, where would you rather play? In big events where there are people watching and cheering and, and where you're feeling the love, where you're connecting with people. I mean, just because they go to LIV doesn't mean that people have to watch it. I mean, I, I, I've watched part of one tournament. It doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Um, um, and this business about growing the game, you know, that whole, that, that whole thing that, you know, uh, in, in the first year or two, uh, I mean, just, again, let's get real. I mean, you know, we're, Put down the crack pipe. You're not growing the game. There's only one thing a touring pro can do to grow the game. There's only one thing professional golf can do to grow the game. Only one thing. And that's to get the top players to play against each other more often. Okay? And now the top players are playing against each other four times a year. Okay? All of the top players. Um, When you throw in uh, the the top players from LIV with – you know, uh, the top players in the PGA Tour. So, no, no, it's fractured. It. It's, it's, the game is fractured. And uh, and so this grow the game thing, uh, you know, give, give me a break. Go self-crazy somewhere else. <laughs> I love it. Your thoughts about, your thoughts about um, Anthony Kim jumping back in and deciding that he's going to play and uh, he's play, played his, playing in his first event on Live Golf as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any thoughts. I knew AK back, uh, you know, when he was in his prime. Um, I enjoyed being around him. I thought he was interesting. You know, he 
remember doing a story on him in, in uh, around 2006. It was right before the, uh, I think the Super Bowl in 2006. Um, he um, uh, he used to stay up all night, you know, talking with friends and stuff. And and uh, you know, he, he I, I enjoyed his company. He was a different guy. Uh, but I, you know, again, I, I don't, you know, has he been relevant in 16 years since the no. 2008 Ryder Cup? I don't know that he has. So, um, you know, I, I, I listen, you know, when, when, when you, uh, the major champions, the ships, the, the majors turn me on. Okay. So, I, you know, I don't, the Capital One hit and giggle, you know, I, the lesser events uh, don't really appeal to me. And so Anthony Kim playing an LIV event doesn't, you know, good for him, good for him. But that doesn't mean I have to watch. Jeff Rude joining us here on Real Golf Radio. That's interesting. You mentioned the Capital One. I'm assuming you're talking about the match with the LPGA players and the PGA Tour players that play. They came out and said it was the lowest rated that they've ever had in that, uh, what, ninth ninth edition. And I, I... I can't say that I watched the entire thing. I like the premise of it. I even like more so that getting the the ladies and the guys together. I think the more we do that, um, the better. You talk about growing the game. That to me, that might right, be a little right. bit of, a, of an effort there. Right. So I was bummed out to see that it was it was it had had lesser ratings uh, than some of the other ones. But uh, I just curiously that that one wasn't something that just jumped out and that wasn't must watch for you. You don't you don't necessarily need to see the players out there just screwing around, having fun. You're more about, you know, high level, you know, competition is what it was. Yeah, real competition that makes guys nervous, that makes guys sweat, that makes guys not sleep at night, you know, that makes guys yell for caddy on the range before a Sunday of a major championship final round. I mean, you know what? Yeah. I mean, stuff that matters. I mean, you know, what, 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 what is a, you know, what does the final round of the LIV mean other than, you know, $4 million? I mean, what, you know, what, so no, no, um, it doesn't, but it, you know, I didn't even, here's how out of it I am. Uh, I didn't even know the Capital One thing was going on the other night until I got a text from somebody saying, are, are you watching this? You made a reference to it. Um, and had I known about it, I, I actually might have turned it on uh, simply to watch Rose Zhang play golf. Right. Out of curiosity. See, and I think that was actually something, for whatever reason, they didn't promote it like they have in years past. That's the comments that yeah. I'm hearing more more often right. than, than than anything else is, is that we didn't know about it. There was no promotion. So that, that's right. unfortunate exactly. for whatever reason. Yeah. Hey, before yeah, we let you go, Jeff, um, and we don't, you know, we've got a lot coming up. Obviously the players is not far away, but the masters is on the horizon. Right. I know for you, that was a right. special one as it is for, for Bob and me as well. Um, what's your, what do you, I guess when you think about the masters, what, what is it about the masters in your mind that is just makes it such a great event? Oh, wow. Uh, a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's history. Um, it's the feel that you get there. Uh, you know, it just feels important. It's a toughest ticket in sports. I mean, throw that in the crock pot. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the golf course, um, the, the fact that, you know, the players care so much about it. I mean, they, 
you know, that, that creates the value of a golf tournament is, is how much do the players care about it. And, and yeah. so, you know, to me, um, you know, yeah. And, and, uh, and the masters is, uh, what was the old line? Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, you know, decades ago. Uh, you know, the masters is fun and the U S open is work. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, it's the, the whole back nine feeder, um, you know, those golf holes. So there's a whole bunch of different reasons. I assume and you'll be tuned in watching one. that. Well, every minute of it, every yeah. minute of it. And, and <laughs> I, actually I want to buy two tickets because my girlfriend wants to go. She's never been. And, uh, so I'm trying to figure out a way to buy two tickets. If you guys have any ideas, uh, direct message me, but, um, it, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've never been there as a patron on a Sunday, which would kind of be a, you know, a cool thing to go out there and, uh, yeah. on a Sunday. But, um, the other thing, the other thing about the masters is w- why it's so good is we used to have to wait eight months to get to it from, from the, the August PGA championship to April. Now we have to wait nine months from yeah. the British open in July to, you know, to April. So that's another uh, reason. I mean, we, we, we missed the majors now for nine months. So throw that in the crock pot. Mm, I love it. You got the juices yeah. going, man, as you always do. Thanks so much for taking some time. It's always, like I said, it's just always good to hear your voice. And uh, we appreciate the, you know, we're 25 years of doing Real Golf Radio this year. And uh, you certainly were one of the guys that was instrumental in helping us out along the way. So we appreciate that. And uh, it's, it's great to have you on. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again. Well, I'd love to do it. And, and, and again, as I said before, you guys have an open invitation. Come down here to Orlando and play golf with me. I'm better guest room with your name on it oh i like you that. got it I like sounds that. good yeah okay yeah. all right That'd i gotta move great. up a tee right, with guys. you i'm turning i'm gonna be a senior golfer so i'm coming up <laughs> coming up there all right so all right in, in, enjoy thanks guys all right thanks jeff thanks. there you go jeff rude joining us right here on real golf radio love that guy appreciate him taking a few minutes uh, short break more of the show coming up next <laughs> 